Hello there and welcome to In Your Own Kin. I'm your host Charlotte. I'm a lover of great food, sometimes artist, sleep-in advocate, storyteller, mama and postpartum professional in Nam, Melbourne. Each week I'll be chatting to families about their journey into parenthood, the grandest of adventures. Parenting is beautiful, messy, sparkly, hard work. You were never meant to do this alone. It's time to get comfy in your own kin. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands all the way across this beautiful country. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging and recognise that the telling of stories has happened here since time immemorial. In Your Own Kin is recorded by the Merry Merry, and I pay my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I thank them for their ongoing care of the place I have the honour and privilege to call home. Sovereignty of these lands has not and is not ceded, and it remains stolen. This always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. In this week's episode, I chat with Steph. Steph talks about life as a family of three and adventures with her husband, Niall, and their daughter, Neve. Throughout her pregnancy, Steph and Niall spent a lot of time preparing for the birthday and postpartum period. Steph reflects on the birth plan she made with her support team, including her cousin who is a midwife, and embracing the twists and turns of her birthday. Following a long labour, Steph had an emergency caesarean section. Hearing Steph talk about those first few moments with Neve will give you prickly eyes. A few weeks into family life, Melbourne went into lockdown, and Steph reflects once again on having to put her plans aside and embracing each day as it comes. Steph also talks about the importance of a support network that will hold you no matter what, the need for real talk about parenting, and the power of asking, how are you? This is such a gorgeous episode. Steph speaks so openly and honestly about the joys and challenges of parenthood. I really hope you enjoy today's show. Be sure to head on over to Kin by Charlotte on Instagram. That will be in the show notes to see some photos of Steph and her gorgeous family. And if you're loving the show, please subscribe and share it with someone in your very own kin. I'll pass you on over to Steph. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today, Steph. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting. Would you like to begin by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself, Steph, who's in your family and where you're living at the moment? Yeah, sure. So my name's Steph. I live in Brunswick with my husband, Niall, and our almost 13-month-old daughter, Neve. And we enjoy hanging out together, going to the park, cooking together and spending time with family and friends. Divine. Yeah, at the stage now where we love looking at dogs and all the trees and the leaves. (laughs) So it's all entertaining when we go for walks these days. Big adventures to be had in Brunswick. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that Neve is 13 months, Steph. That is awesome wild. I know it's gone absolutely fast and slow at the same time. I just look back and think, yeah, where has it gone? But at the same time, there's so much that's happened in that 13 months. And, you know, you do feel like it has been 13 months. So it's an interesting (laughs) time kind of time concept. Yeah. Very weird. Absolutely. My goodness. Take us back to when it was just you and Niall. Yeah, so Niall and I met in Sydney. I was up there for work and he was living there at the time and we met when I was about one and a half years into my um, time up there and we kind of just hit it off. You know, we had similar interests. Eight months later, we moved in together, so it was pretty fast in that kind of sense and we two years after that, we were engaged and um it kind of, yeah, we just, it was easy and, you know, we enjoyed travel and spending time with each other and we just thought, well, you know, why not give this a go? Pretty early on, we were keen to have kids. Niall's one Mm -hmm. of four and I grew up one of two, but surrounded by a big European family with cousins and aunties and uncles. So we always talked about, you know, having a family and 
it kind of just, I don't think there was a point where we were like, it just happened naturally. It was just something we both agreed Mm. on. We were like, you know, let's do it. But it was kind of important to me to be in Melbourne. So back in Melbourne with my family, Mm. when I had a baby, it was something I saw, you know, my cousins have the family support there. And I was like, Mm. I really want to be close to my mum during that whole time. And I was lucky enough that Niall was happy to do that. So his family live in different parts of Australia and he was happy to move to Melbourne, which was amazing because I know, you know, he was giving up being close to his family Mm. location wise. Yeah. So the time came that work wise, it all just lined up. So we moved back to Melbourne and set up in Brunswick, got married. And then we were like, well, let's start trying. Let's, you know start a family which was exciting and when you kind of started at the beginning like you know you don't know how long it's going to take yeah, and yeah. anything that can kind of you know come in that so we said well in hindsight I thought <laughs> it was going to take a while and I was like oh a few months and we had planned to go away for my brother's wedding overseas to Europe in July well it turned out I was nine weeks pregnant at the time so that in yeah yes we were very lucky in that we fell pregnant straight away didn't time the thing very well so I had terrible morning sickness traveling 30 hours on a plane yeah overseas I remember we were in Dublin I'm just like Sanaya I need garlic bread I need (laughs) garlic bread right now I don't care what it takes you were getting me some garlic bread oh we like walked high and low trying to find this garlic bread <laughs> yeah just <laughs> the cravings the craving fried chicken hot chips so it was very in the beginning just all kind of over the place which was exciting at the same time and then it was kind of nice to have that holiday even though I was feeling horrible just the two of us to think about what the next nine months and after that is going to be yeah chat about what we wanted and what we kind of saw it being it looked like which was really nice to have that so precious yeah it was it was really nice we probably told my family a bit earlier and his family as well Mm -hmm. Uh, because we were over there and and that was nice that we got to spend it with them as well and share it with them again I don't think we would have been able to do that otherwise so that was very special at the time as well and knowing that we had that support from the beginning which was pretty amazing there was anything to go wrong or to happen that they would be there and that was really nice and really reassuring that we had that connection and network from the very beginning. So important, isn't it, to feel really supported and held? Yeah, throughout the whole pregnancy, it was like that everyone was really supportive and asking if they can help out even before Neve arrived. I remember some of my cousins who've had kids were like just really real about it and were like, you know, the first few days are just going to be nothing you can ever imagine. And they're like, you're going to times where you're going to be crying in the corner and that's okay. I think that was really nice to hear even early on to be like it's not just because I do think there's a lot of focus just on the pregnancy. Definitely. They were kind of, you know, because I had a few pregnancy books and, you know, they were like, yeah, that's great, but it's all the after stuff as well that's just as important, which is really nice to hear because you do get caught up going to appointments and all that type of medical stuff and, you know, how's the baby growing and this and that. So it's an interesting kind of journey as you go through it and then as you get bigger as well and people have their opinions on yeah. different things and, oh, should you really be out this late and <laughs> a lot of sharing a lot of oh during my labor or and I'm like yeah I, I got a good piece of advice and just just nod and smile and be like <laughs> yeah. yeah thank you thanks for sharing in one out the other yeah absolutely <laughs> that filtering of the noise is so important isn't it it is because otherwise you just get very overwhelmed and I'm type of person that does get quite anxious for me Mm. I had to kind of just block that all out and just Mm -hmm. focus on me and the baby and Niall you know people can have their opinions I yeah just had to focus on that and I was really lucky in that my cousin is 
well, graduated as a midwife just that year. So, yeah, she was the extra support that I had throughout the pregnancy. We did go public and you do have, you know, we had a different midwife every appointment. So Mm -hmm. I found having someone to chat to as we went along was really nice as well and to reassure me, you know, at 3 a.m. in the morning when I was like, (laughs) should this be happening? Like, you know, is is the baby moving enough? You know, all these things that go on throughout. We had her and we had talked about having her at the birth as well. So Niall and I agreed to have her as an extra support person, which was amazing on the day because it was, so I was induced at 40 weeks plus four days. So Neve was tracking big from about 29 weeks and at about 36, 37 weeks, they started monitoring me weekly and uh, doing the CTG and scans to make sure there's enough fluid around her, which Mm -hmm. there was, but she was three or four weeks bigger than what my gestation was. And there was, you know, I've heard that babies can measure big, but then come out small and vice versa. So there wasn't, yeah, yeah, it was a bit kind of, they were monitoring, but not too worried, but they did decide to induce me in the end, which I was, I was happy about because I was very big and very uncomfortable. And I think it was a bit different. You know, we did talk about kind of the birth plan throughout the nine months and we drafted up a little plan and the midwives were great at the appointments as well. They kind of encouraged us to think about it and brought it up towards the end most appointments, which was really nice. That kind of just prompted. It was and they were really, you know, they're like, we can dim the lights and you can make it your own. And so that was really nice knowing that you could do what you wanted to do to make the space feel safe. Mm. That was really important because I wasn't the best in hospitals. I never Mm. have been. So that was quite a fear of mine going into it, knowing that, you know, you can make it less clinical was really nice. I think it's so important, isn't it? Because it is such a, it's such a different environment. We don't spend a heap of time in hospitals, many of us, to then head in there for what's Mm. a really important day or couple of days. You've got to make it feel like a little home, a little nest, don't you? You do. It's a place that's foreign really to us, to, you know, most people yeah important that we were kind of on the same page my cousin and um Niall and and the midwives and and they were great on the day so it was a very long drawn out process I was induced on the Sunday night and they had put up a catheter to try and make me dilate Mm. because I hadn't dilated and then they say that's between 12 and 18 hours. And then if that doesn't work, they say we can use the gel. So they kind of prepare you from the beginning that it can be a long process. In the end, I had it in for 18 hours. And then after that, there still wasn't room in the birth suite. So we had to wait another three hours from that. Oh, so by the time we kind of, yeah, it was pretty exhausting. So by the time we got to the birth suite, I was exhausted already because I hardly slept and during the day because you don't know when you're going to be put through, you you were up and then I finally fell asleep and they're like, oh, we're ready for you now. And I'm like, great. Um, So perfect. I'm I'm good to go. So we went in. I was only one centimetre. So after all that, I hadn't dilated at all. They managed to break my waters, which was amazing because otherwise, yeah, they would have had to put the gel in and it would have been another however long after that. So then it was, yeah, pretty, so it broke my waters and then they put the oxytocin in the drip and then it got pretty intense a few hours later and we were so lucky that we had an amazing midwife that came in a few hours later and was there for the entire time. So we were her whole shift, basically. Yeah, great. It was. And she was amazing. She was like massaging and just really listening to, you know, what I was wanting and a really big support when I was like, Tanal, shut up. I don't want to hear you speak. <laughs> like, that's not how you do it. He'd try and massage. And I'm like, no, that's not how you do it. And <laughs> I think he was just a bit like, okay. And just, you know, stood back and let let the midwife and my cousin do their thing, which, again, having that support person, you know, he could go and have a break and know that there was someone there with me, which was really important for him as well. Yeah. 
you know, he didn't want to leave me. So knowing that there was someone there made him, and the breaks helped him as well because being stuck in, you know, a hospital room for that long yeah. uh, for him as well wasn't, can kind of drain you. So that was good in that sense. He went and got Thai at one point and brought it back over. And so we're eating <laughs> Thai through contractions. I've got like a, there's a picture of me eating like a chicken skewer. Um, while you know hooked up to the machine <laughs> tra- between contractions <laughs> I love it yeah I don't know how much I ate but it was it's quite a funny photo <laughs> my cousin oh. sent it to me on um Neve's birthday actually and she's like oh, I remember you know this time last year yeah oh so that goodness. was really nice and it's nice having those moments to look back to as well but it was Yeah, a really kind of special time that we all got to spend together. Definitely. A little team to bear witness to what you did. That's so magical. Yeah. And it was just slightly disappointing that because Neve didn't end end up in an emergency C-section, so after 11 hours of labour, I'd only got to three centimetres and she was really struggling. Her head was, she wasn't going to come through. They kind of said, look, it's time to call it and mm. we suggest a emergency C-section, which, again, wasn't in the plan, but my whole time I was just like, as long as the baby's safe, I'm safe. That's all that matters. Let's which talk about I think that in, for a bit. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. talk about, because you mentioned the plan and I think the plan is brilliant. Did you have mm. a conversation about what might happen if you ended up in a cesarean or if a cesarean was offered? No, we didn't really. We um, talked about the epidural, so we did. Yeah. I kind of said if I got to the point where I couldn't with the pain anymore, that I would have that, and I did eventually. And that's another thing. My midwife was amazing. She's like, it "Doesn't mean that you're failing. It, oh, no. you know, you're you've done amazing. You oh, just gosh, you can't, yeah. you know, do it anymore." And that that was so important to hear at that point because you do feel like, "Oh, I can't, I can't do it." Like. So that was really nice. So we talked about that, but not really what would happen with the C-section. It's kind of in the back there, but there was no conversation around it until kind of the doctor came in and explained why they were talking about it and why they suggested it and what was kind of involved in it. So I think in hindsight, it probably would have been good to have a bit more conversation around the process of a C-section and what's involved and the recovery afterwards. Like I, I knew that the recovery is a lot longer than uh, vaginal birth was something that I, but everything else I kind of didn't, didn't really know. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was a bit, a bit to take in. Let's talk about that. How did you take that in? What was that conversation like? To be honest, I don't really remember. I remember the doctor coming in because um, I just got the epidural and I remember the anaesthetist was like, hopefully I don't see you again. And then he rocked up later and said, oh, sorry, I have to come back. Um, I'm like, hi again. Basically the facts that you know, Neve's heart rate was starting to slow. She was in distress. Nothing serious, but it was starting to, yeah, she wasn't happy. And I was, um, I had a fever and um, my blood pressure was doing funny things. So they kind of laid it all out. This is what's happening. And this is why we suggest what we're suggesting. Having said that, they gave me every opportunity to try and deliver her vaginally. So they kept checking me. So after that conversation and we agreed to it and I'm like shaking, trying to sign because the epidural gave me shivers and shakes. So I'm trying to sign the consent form. And I, I think it was just all, I don't know, just this removed from me. I kind of felt like it was all happening, but I was kind of a step back. In a way, it was it was quite interesting. I was kind of saying yes, 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 and not really knowing what I was saying yes to, but at the same time, not really processing it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Was, yeah, weird kind of bubble to be in. So once that was kind of all happened, I'll put on the gown and they prepped me and then yeah. they wheeled me down. My cousin couldn't be there during the C-section and yeah. no one could see me afterwards as well. So that was kind of important. I wanted my parents to come in and Nile's parents had come down. So that also changed it because I was, well, I was meant to have a vaginal birth and they were meant to come in and 
you know, meet Neve when she was born and see me and that couldn't happen for quite a while after because I was in recovery. So that also kind of had to shift all of a sudden. But again, I was so exhausted and just at the point, just get this baby out of me. You just roll with it. You kind of like, yep, that's what it is. But we had to then wait. So we got into recovery and then there was an emergency that came through. So they bumped me and put me back up in the room. So we had to wait another three hours from when they had the conversation and said, you're having the cesarean to actually happening three or four hours again I was exhausted and I was just lying on the bed in the room and at that that point I was having a rest as well because we were just so exhausted Mm. and I remember the midwife came and she just sat with us which was lovely and she just yeah kind of just sat there and just had that presence which was amazing they finally came and they said let's just check to see if you've dilated and I'm like (laughs) I have not dilated just let's get this show on the road on one hand it was great that they do give you every opportunity to be Mm. able to you know avoid a c-section if you can and I hadn't dilated and lucky she had picked up because they stopped the drip that was forcing her to come out so her heart rate raised again and she was happy because she wasn't being forced to come out so that's why they were yeah she was happy she was really warm and snug in there and there's this picture oh so cozy that we've got some amazing pictures we're really lucky it was the change over time so we had double all the stuff in which you know at the same time I'm like all these people so that's that's another thing we go from a nice quiet room I had it dark and we had I think lavender in you know the steam infuser and it was really peaceful to bright light lots of people buzzing around and I had to go in alone without Niall in the beginning and then they bring him in that was really scary for me um Mm. and I remember back I did some prenatal yoga classes and we did a lot of breathing techniques and the instructor said you only remember one thing it's the breathing and she said you can do it in all situations so if it does end up in the c-section said you know she had a lady who emailed and said look I just remembered my breathing and that's what I did when I first got wheeled in and so I remembered that just focus on the breathing you know in four out six And that really helped kind of grounding. And then the midwife came and just held my hand and she was just like, it's okay. Yeah, just that touch was amazing and really, because I I hadn't had surgery before either. So this was my first, yeah, stay at hospital and also surgery. So it was a big deal. And then it's over in like 15 minutes and out comes Neve, really unhappy that she got taken out. There's a picture and her face is just like really scrunched up. She's like, what are you doing? Um, And yeah, (laughs) that was, we got got some amazing photos. And and that's kind of special having that documented as well because she wasn't able to come straight on me. It was nice seeing her come out. And she got really, they got really nice time with Niall while I was in recovery. So Niall and I had, you know, a really special moment. I think we're both in tears when we first heard that cry come out and they wrap her up and bring her over and that was amazing. And then Niall got to cut the cord and have time just with her, which was really nice as a picture of him skin to skin. And so that was, even though I didn't get that initial time, they got that special time, which was amazing and, you know, Niall talks about it to this day at how precious he had that moment which was lovely and yeah even though it wasn't what we had planned Mm. it did turn out to be special in its own way and she was almost four kilos so she was 3.96 and all the theatre staff were putting bets they're like oh 4.2 4.1 so she she was you know yeah I was like, I oh, that's God. not reassuring. Um, you don't want them to be no, on you. I know. I was like, should I be, you know, laughing at this or should I be like, can you stop trying and guess my daughter's weight, please? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and they were pretty close to the mark. It, and one of the midwives said she would have had to do a jungle gym to come out. Like there was just no way that she was just wedged in there. So that happened. And then it's like, oh, we have a baby now. And, you know, yes. it's, it's kind of those first few nights. I had a shared room the first night. So Niall had to leave. And, and that was 
hard. Yeah. Him leaving because I was in a lot of pain as well from the C-section. And mm. then, yeah, having him go, it's a lonely kind of time. And then we were very lucky for the extra two nights. We had our own room, so he was able to stay. That was really, that. yeah, we were very blessed with that, very lucky and being able to spend that initial time, the three of us together. We had, you know, our parents come and my grandparents come and it was just a really nice time to have the three of us and people visit. We have a tradition in our, I guess, culture or family that, you know, when a baby's born, you go to the hospital and visit so that was really nice it's a quick visit because I think Niall and again we talked about what we saw after the birth as well and how many people we would have in and we were really keen on having it just us three for quite a while and yes people could come but limiting those visits each day which which we did and I think that was really good that we set that beforehand because I think yes. it would have been a bit harder while it was happening definitely and we talked to the family and said this you know what we're thinking and we would love you know you to come back a few weeks in or mm. we're just kind of limiting the visitors of the hospital so that was really nice. We just got to hang out, family of three, and you, you're learning so much breastfeeding and changing a nappy because yeah. I hadn't really changed a newborn nappy before. And, you know, you're kind <laughs> so of a tiny. crash course in so tiny, keeping this little human, you know, mm-hmm. alive. Yeah, the midwives were great. We had kind of the same one for a few days. That was nice having that support that you get to kind of know them. I think we were there for three or four nights. We came home and I still can't believe they let you leave a hospital with this baby after a few so days wild. and just like okay bye-bye yeah, so just like how like they just you know check to make sure you've got the right baby and send you on your way and <laughs> now and I trying to you know bundle this little tiny thing into the car seat and that's another mm. thing trying to work out the car seat and how it you know yes. all the buttons go and the straps and then finally yeah. get in the car and it's just this whole and no one really prepares you for that no one says it's going to be quite scary taking them out of the hospital for the first time and absolutely bringing them home we got home and put her in the bassinet and we're like what do we do now like we just <laughs> yeah. each other with these, these faces and we're like um okay this mm. is this is new <laughs> it was quite quite surreal experience we were lucky that we had family that came by and dropped off food. Niall had some amazing relatives who just brought over food after food after food, which was amazing. So our freezer was, it was, because the last thing you want to do is cooking and you just want a home cooked meal as well. So that was really nice. So when I have friends or relatives who have babies, instead of gift, would you like a meal or would you like a voucher to a meal service or something that's practical and would take one less worry off use. My mum was a godsend and would come over and do a load of washing and this and that, which was great. At week three, I had got mastitis. Again, the whole breastfeeding journey is not talked about. Everyone kind of says, oh, it's this beautiful thing and you know, you bond so well with your baby, which you do, but no one talks about the cracked and bleeding nipples or the pain that you're in. And then, you know, mastitis, I was out for a few days. It was like a really bad flu. So that was really hard because then I was like, well, I can't take care of my baby how I want to because I just, I don't have the energy. Um, So that was really important then having that support. Like my mum came over and took me to the doctors and Niall stayed home with Neve. And it was kind of at the time just before we went into lockdown with COVID. So it also was a bit tricky as well. Mm. People stopped coming. So that that was tricky. We we had my mum, but all the other supports kind of dropped off then, Mm. which was quite for me I envisaged family and friends coming over yeah. and have this thing where yeah the family comes over with the gift and food and there's like these pancakes that my grandparents and aunties make and so I kind of had this in my head of what it was going to be you know the first say six weeks or so yeah. six to ten weeks and then it just completely 
changed and stopped and Mm. um, it was like, okay, we now have to support each other. Like we don't have that. And all the other services, as you know, stopped as well. Like everything, the physio as well and, you know, the breastfeeding support and it just kind of felt like you just got abandoned from this new thing that was, you know, you're trying to navigate and need support Mm. in. So I think that was difficult time for us lucky my mum continued to come once a week and help out which was great because I think we wouldn't have been able to or I wouldn't have been able to cope with that just to have a shower just someone to come over and you know give you time to have a shower or wash your hair or do something like that yeah so so that was interesting the whole it is just having another person to be like this is hard or you know this this happened today and that it there's only so much you can do over the phone I think it's important to have that contact Mm. and at the same time we were cut off from everyone physically but then Niall also got this amazing time with Neves because he would have been at work otherwise he you know all of a sudden was working from home he I remember in the morning I would feed her and then he'd put her in the baby carrier and work away and she'd just sleep for two hours he wouldn't have got that otherwise so that was so special to us that he was able to form that relationship with Neve from the very beginning I mean it turned out to be a whole year so that wasn't (laughs) It could have, it'd be nice just a few, you know, a few months and then that was it. Um, I didn't need it to be a year, but. <laughs> Had Niall planned to take um, time off when Neve was born? Was that the plan initially or? Initially it was two weeks. So his work didn't have any paternity leave at that time and he was able to take the two weeks paid leave from the government that they have. Yeah. So we can, we kind of always do the two weeks and then. He thought he'd be flexible for the third or fourth week, like work from home half a day. Yeah, so that was nice having that flexibility that if he needed to, he could stay at home. Mm -hmm. It was important to me as well that we got to spend time together and he just didn't, you know, rush back to work. And he wanted to as well. I think he didn't want to be apart from us. So we were, yeah, that was kind of early on we'd planned that. And then he kind of got this extra paternity <laughs> leave, which was amazing yeah. um, and, you know, hard at the same time. Yeah. But it was a unique time. Yeah. And, you know, not having Neve shown or shared with other people as well was quite hard for me because that was important to have the time of the three of us, but also to, you know, share her with family and friends and kind of not boast, but kind of, you know, like this amazing yeah person that you grew and birthed that was I had all these you know grand ideas of what my maternity leave would look like and it was just completely different to to that so that on top of getting used to a new baby and all your body changes of your body as well and all the hormones and it was quite a long recovery for me with the c-section feeling comfortable just walking took a while and then I did develop some back pain later on. So that, yeah, was a, a bit of a tough time to kind of go through that without a lot of support. Mm. Um, I mean, we were so lucky with parents group being able to do it over the phone. Um, I know a lot of people didn't even get that. So at least we had some support to be like, oh, you're going through the same thing and, yeah. you know, you're all up at 3 <laughs> and 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> that was kind of nice having that, uh, even though it was not a physical connection, mm-hmm. just knowing that there's other people out there doing the same thing. And two of my cousins who have had kids, they were just so invaluable during that time yeah. to me. They would call and check in and kind of say, you know, you're it, it, this is okay this is normal so that was really nice so having that Steph. support what amazing it is support. it was I was very lucky they just said it how it is yeah. like it wasn't they both had their you know unique journeys and it was just blunt kind of this is what it is and no sugar coating it and that's what you need to hear I think you you need to hear the real stuff and there's not a lot of talk about that it's very 
kind of, oh, it's so nice. You bring home this beautiful baby and it's, yeah, it's quite tough and it's, it's quite hard. I remember my osteo when I went back to see her and she was like, uh, explain the C-section and she was like, well, how did you feel about that? And that was the first person that actually asked me mm-hmm. how I felt about that, about how, like, that it didn't go to plan because she she said, you know, some women do struggle with, even though they know it was the safest way to deliver the baby, like, it's still quite hard if that's not what you had planned and mm-hmm. originally I just brushed over it and I was like oh yeah I'm, I'm, I was fine with it like it you know needed to be done like there wasn't mm. it was what what was the other alternative and then I kind of thought about it later and I was like well there's probably a lot more to unpack yes. with that and no one really asks you that or gives you the time to unpack mm. that which uh, is is quite interesting because yes, I know that it was the right decision, was the only decision to get knee out safely, yeah. and for my health as well. But you know, you do still when you hear people, you know, have vaginal births, you're kind of like, oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's an interesting. I don't know what you'd call it, concept kind of to get your head around. Absolutely. And I think there's a level yeah. of, you know, you've got to mourn that expectation. Like you went into that with expectations or ideas of what that day or days were going to look like. And then it looked really different. So I think you need to, yeah, mourn. You need to mourn that. You need to acknowledge that it's okay to feel upset about that and and to have space to talk about that loss as well. And it's an easy question to ask people. Mm. I think it's such a missed opportunity. Yeah, I think everyone says, how's the baby going? Mm-hmm. Or how's the baby feeding? How's the baby sleeping? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the baby yeah. and there's not you're right there's no how's the birth how are you feeling yeah. you know how are you feeling recovering from what is major so yes I think I also had in my mind well I'm young and fit so it will be fine after surgery and I probably took probably a year to be honest to actually feel like I had my body back and I didn't really think about having that yeah. afterwards like I kind of knew that that might happen, but you don't, no one really talks about it again. And you don't really get, you know, educated around no. the the months after. So not in the initial six weeks, but after yes. that and everything your body goes through. Yeah, massive. I think it, yeah, it's huge. And it's kind of just swept under and mm. just part of childbirth. Yeah, I found that quite hard trying to talk about, oh, well, you know, yes, I'm seven months postpartum, but I can still quite bad back pain or I can still not feel myself and you know my scar does hurt sometimes so it's yeah you kind of don't get asked that later on because people just expect you to be back to normal. Yeah definitely and so that physical recovery took a little bit longer than you were initially expecting. How were you feeling emotionally or mentally? Yeah, emotionally I was quite good. I mean, I had my days where I was like, what am I doing? I hadn't showered in a few days and I was just like, I can't do this. Mm. Like I'm, you know, responsible for this tiny human. I was coping quite well and I did have that support virtually. So that was really nice being able to pick up the phone and have a conversation with people or via WhatsApp that really helped I think if I didn't have that then emotionally it would have been a lot harder it was a huge game changer being able to chat about it to people really made it a whole lot easier to kind of and you you had your bad days but nothing that kind of the next day wouldn't fix or you know a good shower or a hot meal or a walk or a little cuddle you know the the best times were in she'd fall asleep on my chest and yeah she'd just fall asleep on my chest on the couch and that was pretty amazing Mm -hmm. so it kind of all balanced out for me in the end all the mix of emotions and I'm lucky I had people who gave me kind of the time to chat about it and you know say this is how I'm feeling yeah so important isn't it Steph it is it's really important and I think you're so caught up in everything that it's hard for you to reach out to people so it's important to have people to reach out to you and you know kind of 
be okay if you te- they send you a text and you know you might not reply to it for a few days mm. but knowing that they've initiated that or you know someone would pick up the call because the last thing you kind of want to do when you're in all that baby bubble yes. is reach out to people like it's hard it's really hard to kind of be like oh I need help with this yeah. or I just want to chat so I felt when people brought it to me, then it was easier to open up about things. And I knew organisations and different supports out there as well, Mm -hmm. which I think was good to have up my sleeve if I felt like I did need that extra support. I knew what was there and I could pick up the phone and give them a call. So I think that's important as well to know that actual support if you need it and having the tools to be able to know who to contact if you did need help and then also having that support network that can say, how are you going or, you know, do you know that you can contact this person as well? Sometimes you kind of need to hear it from someone else Definitely. that you may need a bit of extra support in, you know, an area. And that that's normal and that's not failing. And that's about making sure your kinship network is really there to hold space for you. And so important for, yeah. for people to say, like, how are you tracking today? Or I'm going to come on over with some dinner this evening. Is there anything you feel like? Or I'm popping by the shops. Can I grab you anything? All of those things are so important to do for new families because when you're in the thick of it, you're right. You don't have the headspace to think like, I really need some help right now. Who am I going to like reach out to? Yeah, it's so important having that network that you're like, oh, they will be there if you, you know, need help. And also to feel comfortable to call as well and ask yeah. for help. What is life like as a family of three? Oh, it, it's wild. It's just so amazing and exhausting <laughs> all rolled into one. It's, yeah, pretty special to have this little family and see Neve grow and, you know, the different changes that come with growing up and the relationships that she forms with us. And and I, I think you have these different conversations now, you know, around what do you want for Neve when she's older? And yeah. It kind of just shifts everything and it's a different focus. It's really nice. It, it takes some adjusting to as well. And it's it's not easy. I think it, there's times where it's frustrating and tiring and you just want to be like, I want my old life back yeah. where I could just walk out the door and, you know, go out for dinner and not have to worry about nap times and feeding yes. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, so lucky to be able to be parent to Neve and mm. nurture her and help her grow into cheeky little one-year-old that she is now. Mm. So it's really nice talking to other parents about their journeys because you do get a bit more once you have a baby and you know chatting to others you can kind of imagine it beforehand like you know when you talk to people with kids but it's not till you actually have your kids and you're in the you know midst of parenting and you you get it it's this connection that you have yeah been amazing and you know it has been challenging with COVID as well but now I think we're in a really good groove I think it takes a while but you kind of go about your day and your week and they just seem to roll into one another yes. and, you know, before you know it, it's like, yeah, 13 months. It's like, well, wh- where did that happen? So you can see when they kind of look for your face and if there's lots of people around and you're just like, oh, I've done something right. Smile when you come home from work. Yes. It's just like, oh, it kind Magic. of makes it all worthwhile. And Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about return to work. This is one of those conversations that I think, like you're saying, pre-parenthood, I was like, yeah, return to work, return to work. But I think return to work when you actually are a parent to a little love is just a whole different minefield. Let's talk about your return to work. Yeah, new ball game. So I was very similar. I was, ah, oh, definitely come back. We always talked about me having a year. Mm-hmm. So that was decided during pregnancy that I'd have a year mm-hmm. off. So lucky that my manager was so supportive in, you know, me coming back part-time because it was also important to Niall and I that I did return part-time mm-hmm. and have, you know, some time with Neve. 
at home. Originally, I was like, oh, I'd want to come back, you know, three or four days. Like, I'd be ready and then come to it. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm not ready to to do that. Mm-hmm. It it kind of everything just shifts, mm-hmm. and you're like, I couldn't kind of mentally deal with that. So I was lucky to go back two days a week, about eleven months after she was born, mm-hmm. and I felt guilty at the beginning. I felt guilty leaving her, and you know, is, is she going to feel like I'm abandoning her mm. because I'm going to work? And I was checking in on her, so my mum looks after her on the days I go to work, which is amazing. We're very lucky. So and so I was messaging like every hour, yeah. and I'm like, "What's she eating? Has she gone to sleep? Has she done this? <laughs> yeah, have you gone for a walk?" Yeah. And my mum was just like, "Stop, mm-hmm. um, you know, just focus on your work mm-hmm. and look after two weeks." I was like, this is great. I've got a whole day where I just worry about myself and I can go to the toilet in peace and I can, you know, have lunch when I want lunch and whatever I want for lunch. And it was nice just to have adult conversations. I know everyone says that. They're like, oh, it's so nice to go back and have adult conversations. But it actually is. It's actually really nice to just chat about adult things and to do do your work so I'm in homelessness it was just yeah nice to kind of get back and start chatting to clients again and it I think it's so important having other things outside of Neve as well Mm. and it was reconciling that that I can enjoy going to work and focus on my work and I can you know do other things as well and still and I'm probably a better parent and more present with needs when I get back because I've had that time yeah. away to be able to just focus on these I know I bring up COVID a lot for that I wonder whether that would have changed as well yeah. if it wasn't because I feel like I missed out so much so I wanted to do that with her now yes. and so that's why two days was so important to me so I could take her out to the library yes. or to the park and do those things it's a big transition isn't it I think a big transition for them and for you as a parent as well yeah and I didn't think as much like because she you know absolutely adores my mum and has been with my mum for a few hours you know at a time mm. but I didn't realize how like that week the sleep was absolutely rubbish (laughs) and um speaking to someone they were like well it's because you went back to work and Niall had gone back that same week so we'd both yeah had you know gone and so she had to deal with this new normal after Mm. seeing us every day for a whole year it's it's a big transition it's a big change Mm. I think we need to give out Sells time and space to properly kind of manage and navigate all of that yeah nice and kind and gentle on ourselves it's big work it is big work because you don't you know you don't finish the day and just come home and have dinner and chill on the no. couch like you've got dinner with with a tiny human and bath time and books and yeah. you're just busy all the time what has surprised you about parenting how amazing those good moments are Mm. like just like when she does something so she helps me with the washing and um I I go tamama and she gives me the washing I'm just like oh wow I've I've taught her that like I've kind of she's learned that from me or if she she shakes her head no and yes now and it's Mm. it's those little things like when she learns a new skill Mm -hmm. or a new little mannerism it's kind of like oh that's you know you can kind of see a little bit of you in her or a little bit of Nile in her yeah. and kind of I didn't realize how amazing that would be mm-hmm. just seeing her grow and how hard it actually is mm-hmm. I think surprised me like I knew it was hard you you kind of understand that but just how kind of tiring and frustrating at times it can be mm-hmm. and that that's okay yeah. you don't have to gloss over it and it it's not you know it doesn't mean that you, you're failing at parents Mm. you know if like sometimes I just put the wiggles on I'm like just sit there for 15 minutes I watch a wiggle I can just do something yeah yeah um so moments like that I kind of catch me by surprise sometimes because I'm like oh I was never gonna be that kind of (laughs) you know (laughs) um I'd have yeah yeah, all the time in the world and be so patient and you know so that's yeah 
been taken I think both of us by surprise and also how we've changed as people as well and again you do hear it you hear once you have a baby you completely change but I didn't realize how much Mm. until I I had Neve. If you could go back to Steph in 2019, what would you tell yourself? I would probably say be kinder to yourself. I think um, not put so much pressure on yourself Mm. and enjoy every moment. I think in, you know, the thick of things, especially in the early days, Mm. you can kind of lose that magic and that, that experience. It's quite quite unique and quite special Mm. so I think I would probably say just enjoy it more and and yeah that tears are fine and you know tears are good and kind of yeah just embracing it all I think I'm probably there's probably lots of other stuff I would say (laughs) as well but um (laughs) in the you know sleep deprivation (laughs) that we are at the moment (laughs) you had a rough couple of weeks There have been a lot of sick germs in your house. There has been. There has been. So, um, yeah. And as someone that gets the pleasure of, I guess, walking this parenthood journey alongside you, it's such an honour to watch you parent. You're an amazing parent and you've done such an amazing job in a really tricky, tricky year. It's hard enough being a parent at the best of times but to do that during lockdown without all of those supports that you had put in place during your pregnancy is hugely challenging so you've done an amazing job yeah thank you and so have you I just remember walking up the street and seeing you during one of the lockdowns <laughs> and we had our masks on and we're just like I just want to hug I, know. I just want to um, just running over yeah <laughs> slow motion I know. it was just like yeah <laughs> like I wish I could just hug you at the moment yeah. um but yeah it was I I really think if it wasn't for you know yourself and and, and the group that we have um we were very lucky I think with our parents group and so everyone was so supportive of each other mm. I think that really made a huge difference because again you have this idea of oh we're going to go and meet up with people in a you know place and that got taken away as well but being able to still have that connection is yeah I think helped me immensely it would have been a very different ball game if I didn't have you know that kind of platform to share ideas and oh this is what worked when they're congested and you know this is okay and yeah so important (laughs) so 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 important it is oh Steph it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story and for joining us this week on the show thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure I was um yeah it's been amazing so thank you 